Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here in the 2023 NBA playoffs. Tonight, we've got Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. What a game it was. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure to follow me on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at DimeDropperPod. And subscribe, obviously, to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time I go live or post a video. All things LA Sports, NBA, NBA playoffs, NBA history. And oh boy, live from Los Angeles as the home team. Oh, why am I wearing, why am I on the Clippers court right now for the live? So let's switch that real quick. Live from Los Angeles where our home team one of our home teams is down 0-2 now to the Denver Nuggets in what was another thrilling game at what I used to know it as the Pepsi Center. But what a game it really was. It felt like the one the Lakers were going to win all game long. It really did. But the Denver Nuggets found something late. And when I say found something, I meant someone. And that's Jamal Murray. And Laker fans finally Got a taste. I shouldn't even say finally because most teams haven't. Finally got a taste of fourth quarter Jamal Murray in the playoffs. Because Clipper fans know it all too well. It is not fun. I can assure you of that. And you can see how talented this guy is. He can shoot from, can score from everywhere on the court. He's got every shot in the book. Going left, going right. Turnarounds, in between game. I mean, the guy is just awesome. I've been saying that for a minute. But the Lakers lost this game to me because they had two big stretches where they couldn't score in the second and fourth quarter. And you have to say the best two players, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, came up short individually as well. And I'm going to be going in more depth about that. It was all offensively because defensively, thought they were both great. Thought the Lakers' defense was really good tonight, especially in the half court. Transition still needs some work. As far as Denver, I thought their defense in the half court wasn't bad, but I think the Lakers' defense in the half court was actually better. And the Nuggets, or should I say the Lakers, missed more of their easy looks. Let's get right into the game tonight. The Nuggets winning it 108 to 103 in game two to take a 2 0 lead in these conference finals. The first ever time they've ever had a 2 0 lead in a conference finals. And in the beginning of the game, everybody was talking about what are we going to see? There's been a lot of pregame chatter with this game, too. And Michael Mulone, he's been sounding like he's reading Twitter or something. Like, Every single, obviously, I follow a lot of Laker fans. I'm from Los Angeles, so I'm in the L.A. conversations. But given who the Lakers are as a brand, the conversation around the Lakers is going to be loud, no matter what, no matter who they play. 
But it definitely did feel, and I understand Mike Malone's point, I definitely feel like the emphasis after game one was, oh, I wouldn't feel that bad if I'm the Lakers. They found something there late with Rui guarding Jokic and AD in the Romer spot. But we didn't really give enough credit to how great Nikola Jokic played, how great the Denver Nuggets offense looked, how great Jamal Murray was. We, we, we really have slighted this team all season long. And maybe now that they're up 2-0, we might give them the true respect that they deserve. And I honestly don't think it's going to happen until they make a finals. Till they beat the Lakers and knock them out, they will not get the respect they deserve. I've heard people compare them to the 2021 Utah Trash. And, you know, I had Dime Dropper for that. That was my first full season doing Dime Dropper. That team is not even in the same stratosphere as this Nuggets team. They don't, they're, they just, their whole offense was pick and roll with Mitchell and Gobert for threes. That's all they did. Or Conley. All they did was shoot threes. They had no alternative. And Gobert, you could just switch everything and he couldn't post up. Like, they were not hard to figure out, and their perimeter defense was weak. They had Gobert anchoring that defense. That team was garbage in a weird regular season after the bubble. It was just weird. This team has a generational talent. They have a great number two that's not even that much worse than the Jazz's number one, and you saw that from the bubble series, that showdown they had against each other. Obviously, I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell, who I'm a fan of as well, but eesh, these last couple of postseasons have been rough for Donovan, even though he started his career pretty well in the postseason. But... Point is, this Nuggets team has not gotten the respect. And before this game, it was all about that. And Malone had some, Laker fans were calling it spicy quotes. I don't think he was saying anything wrong. He was saying that, like, you know, Laker, the Lakers think they've found something. If people think that they found something with Rui Hachimura guarding Nikola Jokic, like, we've seen everything. And that's absolutely true. Like, this guy Jokic, he's been an MVP for three, MVP caliber player for three consecutive seasons. He's seen a smaller guy guard him and then the best defender, rim protector as a roamer. Like, that's not a look he hasn't seen, but it's definitely a look that's worked better for the Lakers. Now, starting the game, the Lakers went with Jared Vanderbilt back in the starting lineup. So, the same starting lineup that they ran for every single game up until game seven against the Warriors, they ran with Jared Vanderbilt, AD, LeBron James, Austin Reeves, and D'Angelo Russell. And in the beginning of the game, you started to see that one of the points of emphasis for the Lakers was to get D'Angelo Russell more involved in the pick and roll as a ball handler. Now, before this game, another thing with the pregame chatter, Bruce Brown said last game that D'Angelo Russell. We know he's not a very good defender. So our whole game plan was to attack him relentlessly. D'Lo definitely took some exception to that, and his defensive effort was way better in this game. He had a couple of nice blocks, including one on Bruce Brown, and he was talking that shit. You go, D'Lo. I give it to you. You want to talk shit when you play defense? Go ahead. And by the way, even though D'Lo isn't the best defender, every Laker fan can attest to this. His defense has not been horrendous since coming to the Lakers, it, since coming back. It really is not. He's actually been pretty good. It's, it's, he's got size, you know, and good hands. And by the way, the, the beginning of this game started with D'Angelo Russell forcing a steal and, and Vando getting a dunk. But let's see. I took some notes for this game, so let's see what else I wrote down. So Jared Vanderbilt was obviously in to guard Jamal Murray, and I think he did a pretty good job defensively to start the game. Jokic guarding Anthony Davis on the other end. And... In the beginning of the game, again, similar to game one, it wasn't straight Murray-Jokic pick and roll, pick and pop so much. It's a lot of Jokic setting screens for guys like MPJ, KCP to come off the ball. They were running that, uh, I love that play. Jared, um, Jared, Jeff Van Gundy called it the best action that they have. I personally think the best action that they have, it's tough between Jokic straight up posting up because he's such a great passer out of the post and just a passer in general. And he's a great post player, which we don't have many of in today's game. 
and haven't had the last like 15 years, I want to say. Although, actually, I wouldn't go 15 years because we had some really great power forwards back in the late 2000s and early 2010s. But as far as the center position, I mean, even the best center in the 2000, late 2000s, Dwight Howard, he was... he. Shaq used to rightfully get on him for having a suspect post game. He only had a couple of two moves in his bag, and he didn't have many counters. And he was very reliant on athleticism. He was nothing like Shaq. But anyway, and by, oh, by the way, there was an amazing sit down. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Shaquille O'Neal. And it was just beautiful, man. Two absolute goats of this game. Go check that out. It was really cool. Um, but back to the game tonight. So they wanted to have D'Lo as the ball handler. And... About the best action in basketball. Sorry, I get distracted. So Jokic in the post is obviously great stuff. But then there's the Jokic-Murray pick and roll, which is very lethal as well. And then the other action they like, and I think this is a great action, is that one I talked about in game one where they'll have Murray setting a back screen for Aaron Gordon. Jokic has the ball at the perimeter. And then Murray comes up for the dribble handoff. I think that's really tough to guard because... You, if Murray sets a good enough screen, if Aaron Gordon gets a sliver of space, Jokic is throwing that lob because he can throw it. Jokic is seven feet tall. You know, it's hard to block him from passing the ball, but he can throw that for sure. And if you help off of that, you hedge for a second just so Aaron Gordon's defender gets back. Then you just give Jamal Murray that room to not only free himself up, but he's also coming over a Jokic dribble handoff. Jokic is about to set a screen. So it's very hard to guard. But a lot of these shots for the Nuggets weren't really going in in the first quarter. And Austin Reeves got off to a very solid start for the Lakers. And so he and D'Lo kind of were setting the tone offensively to begin the game. LeBron still started out a little bit more off the ball. As far as Jokic, he was aggressive, but not as aggressive as in game one in the first quarter. And every time Jokic caught the ball in the post, it didn't matter if AD was guarding him, LeBron, Rui, occasionally once or twice, I feel like they left him one-on-one, but most time that his back was to the basket, they had sent the double team and even one pass away. They were okay with just, they actually preferred, I think, for it to be the first pass. So then the ball doesn't move. That may have been a strategy. Also may have just been, you know, not able to rotate to that first shooter in time. But the guy, Dennis Schroeder, by the way, came in for Jared Vanderbilt fairly, fairly, fairly early. I want to say seven minutes into the first quarter um, or six minutes into the first quarter. Because again, we know Darvin Ham, he's not a fan of Jared Vanderbilt's offense. And by the way, very random, Reggie Jackson came into this game at the end of the first quarter. That was pretty funny for like three minutes or something. Um, let's see how many minutes Reggie played. Good to see Reggie get a little bit of burn. Didn't make any mistakes. They didn't attack him in the pick and roll or anything. Three minutes. So the reason why that happened was because KCP got an early foul trouble and his first foul was picking up D'Angelo Russell full court because the Lakers started out up 7-0. So he felt like he had to press for a second. He just wanted to get something going. And so he pressed D'Angelo Russell full court and picked up a foul. And then D'Lo very smartly went into his body on the next play, going to the basket and picked up his second foul. So that caused Jamal Murray to play longer in that first quarter. And in the beginning of the second quarter, and the score was, I think, tied after one. 27 all, yeah. But the Lakers felt like they were in control. I think one big issue for the Lakers all night long was closing quarters. Didn't close the first well. Tie game going into the second, you still felt like it was a better quarter for the Lakers because they were able to control pace. That's the biggest thing in this series. For both series, Miami and the Lakers, they want to muck it up and play in the half court. If you're the Nuggets and the Boston Celtics, you want to get out there and run as much as you can. Transition defense has been a big emphasis for both teams and coaches. And the Lakers, it was better tonight for sure. 
but still a little bit lacking. I want to say, though, the guy or a guy that made a huge impact for the Lakers tonight off the bench was Rui Hachimura again. I mean, the way this guy's playing in the playoffs, I think he missed his last two shots, though, but he was literally 8-for-8 playing such good defense on Jokic, as as good as you can play. Again, no one's guarding Jokic one-on-one and locking him up. That's just not happening. But as primary defender, letting him do what you want him to do or at least just make his life tough, Lakers were doing that with Rui Hachimura guarding him the best. And Rui just, he, he was attacking closeouts. His first bucket was on an offensive rebound, hitting the open three. It was a beautiful pass LeBron had, driving to the basket, kicking it out to Rui for an open three in that second quarter. Mid-range, I mean, he has just been phenomenal. You can't ask for more in a guy in only his second playoff run. Made it with the Wizards in 2021, but obviously way more eyes on him in this series. Or, I'm sorry, in this postseason run. So, it's really, it really it must feel like, you know, with full crowds and everything, must feel like his first real postseason. But, let's see. Those not, by the way, ugh, I keep, I keep clicking my notes tab on my computer and I'm trying to save the power because my computer, as I've been telling you guys over and over, it's been burning up like a sauna lately. But so when KCP was in foul trouble, the start of the second quarter, Murray and Jokic were out at the same time. And that was like just ugly. That never happens. So when they came out at the same time, the Lakers went up by seven. LeBron came into the game in the beginning of the second and he may have already been in the game, but I just remember him attacking in that second, he was a screener in the pick and roll once or twice, got to the basket for a layup, got in transition, started to put Michael Porter Jr. in the pick and roll excessively. And there were a couple of times the Nuggets just didn't know what, what they were doing, whether they were switching, whether he was hedging. One time it looked like they were icing LeBron to his right, but they were literally just letting him go into the open floor in the middle of it. It was ridiculous. And I think he got fouled or something, but LeBron much better, more aggressive, kicking it out. Um... Although just kicking it out after getting two feet in the paint, you start to see LeBron and AD more in that pick and roll, putting Jokic in it. And Jokic, it was interesting. At times he would drop because I think they know that the Lakers, like LeBron, doesn't prefer to take the mid range. He wants to either get all the way to the rim or dump it off to AD. And I think the Nuggets' plan was to give AD those push shots, those mid ranges with Jokic in drop coverage. That way he was already at the rim and you don't have AD in the four on three shooting over guys that are smaller. And it was working. If that was their strategy, it may have just been what a result of them playing it, but it probably was their strategy. Let AD beat you in the mid range because everybody was talking about what the Lakers did so well last game. But the one thing they were really forgetting was that Anthony Davis had such a good shooting game and was finishing around the basket and in that in between game really well. And to be honest, he's been really good in the mid range in the in between game in these playoffs. So it was just kind of a matter of time before he want, maybe had one stinker after a minute shooting the ball. And this was the one. Now, am I giving him an excuse? Fuck no. He has to play better than this. He has to make those shots. They're easy shots. They're little one-handed push shots, little open mid-ranges. Like Jokic, I'm going to give him a lot of credit. He was playing as good of defense as he could play. Hedging or dropping, he was doing okay. He was getting really physical. Whenever AD tried to go on him one-on-one, you could see how strong Jokic was. And AD didn't have the same success going at him one-on-one that he did in game one. And maybe a couple of fouls that Jokic got away with. But everybody was getting away with fouls. This was a poorly officiated game in so many ways. The Lakers had two points disallowed. If I'm a Laker fan, I'm so pissed about this. Two points rightfully disallowed when AD had an offensive interference call in the first half. That made a difference at the end. Two points would have made a huge difference at the end. 
But at the same time, I can't really feel bad for Laker fans when it comes to refs. Because not even just throughout history, but even these playoffs. I don't think, again, I don't think that's why they beat the Warriors. But let's not act like at times it hasn't gone generous for them. And in this game, though, I don't know. It was bad calls both ways. But if I had to be unbiased, I think if you ask Denver fans, they'd say they got the worst whistle. If you ask Laker fans, they say they got the worst whistle. As a neutral, I think the Nuggets got a little bit of a better whistle. I'm not going to lie. But the Lakers' defense was really good. Really good overall in the game. And in that second quarter, switching a good amount, just knowing their coverages, knowing where they, when they were switching, switching, knowing when they were dropping, much better with Rui Hachimura guarding uh, Jokic. And Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, and Anthony Davis were missing shots. And the Lakers had a five-minute, I believe five minutes, no field goals. And you got the Nuggets coming back into the game. So five-point game going into the half after the Lakers were up by as many as 10. So, oh my God. Sorry, I'm just, my phone is fucking up. I'm just, I'm just fucking up. Sorry, guys. But a couple of plays in that second quarter, LeBron James. Oof, missed a couple of layups, but the one that really killed looking back. And granted, look, this doesn't happen to him. This doesn't happen to him. I've been watching this guy play for 18 years. And all his I've never missed a LeBron James playoff game. Never seen this happen before to him. But he got too cute. The Lakers were up by eight. They were locking up. Murray couldn't hit a shot. Aaron Gordon wasn't being guarded, and they weren't even passing him the ball. It was just causing major problems. MPJ wasn't involved. Lakers were up by eight. LeBron is on a fast break. And I know, like, as I said, I think I have a PhD in LeBron and Chris Paul. Those are the two players I think I know like a book. Um, he's coming down this, he's coming down the way. Reverse dunk. Um, or sorry, the I don't even know how to describe it to you guys, but the like the whirlwind behind the head dunk that he always does reverse, and he the ball slipped out of his hands, man. Oh man, that was tough because you just knew that it would probably be a close game and come back to bite. But the Nuggets going into the second half down by five, the way I felt about it was they should be pretty, um, pretty thankful that they're only down by five, given how the first half went. But I felt good if I, were the, if I was the Lakers. I really thought the Lakers were going to win this game. I really did. But third quarter, Austin Reeves started it with five straight points. One of them, he was a roller in the pick and roll. Nice bang shot. And then he hit a three. As far as Jokic, a little bit of hedge, a little bit of drop, still mixing it up and still holding his own defensively. And then you saw a change for the Lakers with LeBron James guarding Jokic. And I have to say, LeBron James' effort defensively tonight was awesome. Hustling in transition, alert on rotations. He literally guarded one through five tonight. Now, granted, he got pretty cooked by Murray a lot, but some of the shots that Murray was making in the fourth, he had such a good hand up and it didn't even matter. So it was not even his fault. A couple times he also got away with fouls, but I have to say LeBron has the skill of disguising when he fouls and how much force he's really using or when he's locking a guy's arm on defense. He does a good job of it. And a couple of times... He was able to be pretty physical, Jokic. And LeBron had really great moments of great hands. If you're a big in the NBA watching this video, when you're obviously there's not any bigs in the NBA watching this, but if you're a big in the NBA and LeBron James is guarding you in the post, the one thing you have to do is keep the ball up high. Anytime you lower the ball when you're turning, he will slap down and he has such a strong hand, he'll strip the shit out of it. He gets every single one of these bigs with it. 
Keep the ball up high. Because he doesn't really jump on those post-ups like that. He doesn't. He, he jumps on the chase down, but he's pretty disciplined at uh, staying down on those kind of things. But anyway, thought he was doing a pretty decent job. But again, Jokic is still garnering double teams. But the other guy, like Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot, his cuts were just kind of like poorly timed at times as well. And Murray straight up wasn't passing him the ball. He was open and he shot 38% in these playoffs from three. And they were acting like he, he was like Van- Vanderbilt basically. And I just thought that was hurting their offense. you got to keep the defense honest a bit. Okay, they're not going to guard him. But at least, man, he may make some, and it could increase his confidence. Because the other things that Aaron Gordon's doing, amazing. I mean, attacking the offensive glass, guarding LeBron so well, being a you know just a presence physically, athletically, great in transition, attacking the basket, cutting. Like, he does all those things well. But they won't give him the ball. I think that really limits his value a little bit. Jamal Murray went out for a little rest in that third quarter. So they got with KCP back. They got and not in foul trouble anymore. They got to go back to their normal like substitution pattern. And when Jamal Murray came back in the game, he made a couple of buckets in the pick and roll. One of them was switched on. LeBron was switched onto him, and he had this beautiful like up and under left-handed layup. And he had another bucket before the end of the fourth quarter as well in the paint. So, but in that span though, the Lakers took their largest lead of the game, 68 to 57. Let me just double check if that was their largest lead. Yes, it was. It was their largest lead of the game, 68 to 57. LeBron James, I thought, had a really solid third quarter. Attacking the basket and putting Murray in the pick and roll, which you saw them do a little bit more of, but probably still not as much as you'd like. They were really trying to get Jokic tired out, putting him in the pick and roll, and I think they felt like they had done what they needed to on Murray because Murray wasn't hitting at all. Like He was just missing shots that he normally makes. Credit Dennis Schroeder and Jared Vanderbilt and all the guys who guarded him, but a lot of the shots were just shots that he can make in his sleep, in my opinion, and I mean... We saw that, but I thought the Lakers went at Jokic more in the pick and roll than Jamal Murray. And honestly, in hindsight, they seem like they're getting better looks with Murray in the pick and roll. Because if they're going to switch, LeBron James going to the basket, I mean, it's getting such great things. And you're putting the ball in the hands of your best passer. And LeBron had some really nice passes still in this game. But in the non-LeBron minutes, the Nuggets went on a 10-0 run. I don't know if all 10 points were scored with LeBron out, but they started the run, and it was led by Bruce Brown. And the Lakers were just getting good looks and missing. AD, D'Lo. I don't don't remember D'Lo really hitting many shots in the second half. It still hasn't been. First two games, poor for D'Lo overall to me. Let's see what he shot. Three for eight. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. 10 points, that's not going to cut it. But... The Nuggets went on a 10-0 run, and it starts with getting stops and getting in transition. The one thing with the Lakers is when they get fouled and they get to the line so much and they just make it a half-court game, that pace really favors them because they're a better half-court defense team. The Nuggets, every time they get stops and the luxury that they have, when guys miss around the rim and Jokic gets the rebound, he can start pushing like a slow Magic Johnson, and it's a five-on-four going the other way in the hands of your best passer. Like... That's such a luxury that no team in the league really has at that level. I mean, Bam Adebayo is a pretty great ball handler, but 
He doesn't do it with the intent of Jokic. And one thing about Jokic, too, he is slow as shit, but he really hauls his ass down the floor. Like, he really hauls his ass down the floor. He's no Bill Russell running the floor. By the way, if you want to see what I'm talking about, like, how do you know, man? What are you talking about Bill Russell and you're, like, 23? I have a playlist. I literally put it for you guys because I'm a nice guy. On my channel, if you go to playlist and go to Evolution of Basketball, full-footed 60s, I have every single piece of footage that I found in the 60s in chronological order. A lot of them are not even game film. It's literally just, like, not full broadcast. They're literally, like, archival footage. And you can see, like, in pretty good quality, the way Bill's running the floor. Like, it's it's awesome stuff. But Jokic hauls his ass down the floor. And Bruce Brown, though, how great has this guy been? It makes me so mad watching Bruce Brown because he's kind of like the Terrence Mann of their team. He's not the best three-point shooter, but he's gotten better. I think Terrence is a better shooter than Bruce Brown from three. Overall shooter. But Bruce Brown, I mean, his defense is so good. Better than, than Terrence. And in transition, he's fantastic. They both are. But Bruce Brown has done such... And they're both from Massachusetts. And they're like, boys. But Bruce has been amazing all playoffs long. Um, finishing in transition, got that goal 10 and cut it down to two. And the Lakers just missing shots with the Joker in the drop. Finally, Dennis Schroeder started to get going a little bit with two buckets in that second half later in that third quarter. I think one of them was in the early fourth quarter. But the Lakers... In the third quarter, let me see what that score was. 28-26 to 26 Nuggets. So they still went into the fourth up by three. Again, though, it felt like the Nuggets had momentum going into the fourth. It really did. And But that, that, again, that, that being said, I still felt like the Lakers were probably going to win. But that, I told my dad one thing watching the game. I said, if the Nuggets can get fourth quarter Murray here, they've got him. I know that sounds ridiculous. You know, I need receipts, but I swear. I mean, it's not a crazy thing to say because I know as a Clipper fan what Murray can do in the fourth. And holy shit, dude. That was ridiculous. What was it, 22 points in the fourth quarter? It was either 22 or 23. That was ridiculous. I may have to look that up just because I don't want to be inaccurate on my pod. Jamal, honestly, why am I even doing that? You guys do it for me. You guys are in the chat. Do, do some work for me, please. Can I get some moderators again? My old moderators, like, left me. Like, they just kind of bailed. So if anybody wants to be a moderator that I can trust in here consistently, yeah, someone like Showtime Nick or, like, who else is always in here? Oh, should be Kyle, Kyle Dominic U. Kyle Dominic U should be the new moderator. These guys do, or Raid. Raid's here every night, dude. These guys should be the new mods. Um, So let's talk about that later. But... 23 points. Thank you, Denver. 23 points in the fourth quarter. Dude, <laughs> I actually wanted to – I marked down how he scored just because I wanted to be really specific on this just to make sure I, I knew what I was talking about. So fourth quarter, I also want to say somebody who I really think should get the ball more, especially when Austin Reeves is guarding him, like draw some plays where he can catch the ball at the elbow or the mid post. Michael Porter Jr., or as he was known in the bubble, Maga Porter Jr. Um, Michael Porter Jr., He's just a pretty offensive player to watch. And just, he gets a clean look every time if Austin Reeves or these, anybody like that's under 6'8 is guarding this man. I feel like he's just getting catch and shoot looks coming off screens. I think they should absolutely try to get him the ball more. I get it. Every possession counts. And Nikola Jokic and um, Jamal Murray are the primary options. I get it. But... I think Michael Porter can get the ball a little bit more because he, he makes a good percentage of his shots. But he made a couple of big threes, Michael Porter, in the beginning of that fourth quarter. As far as 
Jokic. I was wondering if he was going to rest at all in that second half, and he did. He did at the 9.38 mark of the fourth quarter, and right when he started to do that, Jamal Murray started to score. He got a couple of more. He, I think he was his first three field goals to like break that long scoring drought were in the paint. So all you kids out there, all you youth hoopers, or even if you're older playing in like a men's league or something, if your three ball's not falling, and this is something that I started doing wrong in college, like in my intramural games, just kept shooting threes. To try to, I was like, eventually one's going to fall. But that's, you know, someone else tried that tonight. But you got to try to get, if your three ball's not falling, don't stop shooting, but try to get an easier look. Maybe get to the line, then the basket starts opening up. Jamal Murray being the three-level scorer that he is, why I think he's so great and why his game translates so well to the playoffs. He doesn't neglect any part of the floor. He gets right, he gets where he wants to go. And... He can score from anywhere, mid-range, to the basket. He's not the quickest off the bounce, but he has a jump shot that needs to be respected so much so that you have to press up on him. And he also has a little bit of post-game, too. It can turn over either shoulder, which we've seen in these playoffs. I mean, the dude is an absolute baller. And he started going nuclear in the fourth quarter. 23 points in the fourth and these are how he scored his first couple of threes. At one one of them, Dennis Schroeder, who I thought was putting on good pressure full court, but he went underneath the screen, burned on a three. That gave the Nuggets the 84-83 lead. Then the Lakers switched. Anthony Davis guarding him. Contested three over AD. That's just like you're good. That's not, that's not going in more often than not. So you got to live with that. Another one. Contested three over LeBron when Rui and LeBron switched on the Jokic-Murray pick and roll. That was great by LeBron and Murray. I mean, LeBron and Rui, but I want to say Murray was cooking LeBron. But only once or twice did he actually get to the rim. The other ones were tough shots. So LeBron's defense, I thought he was fantastic tonight. I really think his effort was great. But part of these, and then Porter, three off a dribble handoff when LeBron and Rui switched. And Rui just did not switch quickly enough. But again, even if Rui switches quickly enough, like... Michael Porter is can get that three up over the top, and that put the Nuggets up 96-84, and Murray, you know, in that span, he had a couple of big defensive plays at the rim. I don't want to say a couple, but once one or two where he blocked a shot or rotated nicely. I remember there was one defensive play he had where he, I think, came in for a weak side rotation, tipped the ball, and then it led to a Bruce Brown three. And the Lake, when the Nuggets went up 96-84, I was pretty confident that they were going to win the game. I was like, that run, Murray ignited it. Jokic didn't even have to do too much, just setting screens. And obviously, he's a threat. So the way you have to guard, it's all affected by Jokic. But Murray and Jokic, I mean, the Lakers tried to wear them out. And look, Jokic didn't look like he had that much in the fourth, honestly, offensively. Like, he looked tired. His shots started to go short because he was getting put in the action so much. But Murray, that's when you have the real second star. He's a real second star. Because in the, I don't know, here's my biggest question. Why doesn't he average these, like, why doesn't he do this in the regular season? I don't get why he doesn't average 20-something points. He should be averaging 23 points a game. Let's see how many points he averaged this year. Actually, you know what? You guys do that. Someone find me how many points Jamal Murray averaged in the regular season. Because whatever it is, he should be averaging more. He's, he's, he scores so easily. I don't get it. I don't get it. Somebody who watches Nuggets games consistently, please tell me. But Murray is a second star. I mean, you can't, if you're Jokic and someone's closing the game like that, making every single shot imaginable, contested threes over LeBron and AD, I mean, Jesus Christ, he's, 
he was something else. He was truly something else. But again, if you look at it from the Lakers side, it wasn't their defense really. It was the fact that they couldn't score. Second time in the game, they had a five-minute scoring drought where they, they couldn't hit a field goal. They went to the line. And one thing I'll give Anthony Davis, it wasn't like he wasn't aggressive. We always talk about AD not being aggressive enough and stuff like that. He was aggressive. He was going to the basket. He was getting fouled. And he was making his free throws, for the record. The Lakers have been doing a great job shooting the free throws in, uh, in these playoffs compared to what they were in the regular season. As, as far as the eye test, I don't, know the, I don't have the stats in front of me. And see, if, if I, I need to get my computer refurbished because I should be able to have, as a host, have the stats here. But that's why I need some mods doing some dirty work. So we're going we're gonna to address that issue in a second. But... Lakers went from the 1047 mark of the fourth to the 518 mark without having a field goal. And it was it wasn't until Austin Reeves started getting going again. Fourth quarter Reeves. Fourth quarter Reeves has been a real thing these playoffs. Like he's been a beast. Started getting the Lakers back in it. But you have to say, I remember they cut it down to 99-94. But you have to say the two big boys in the fourth, they didn't bring it. Anthony Davis continued to miss. I mean, Jokic was in drop coverage, and AD continued to miss these little push shots, these little foul line jump shots. He actually made a three in that fourth quarter. That's the funniest part. LeBron, he kept shooting threes. He hadn't made one all game long, and he wasn't shooting the three ball well last game either. And, like, again, a lot of them are short. It just It's a sign of legs. The thing is, though, every time he was going to the basket, even if he wasn't charging in, he was still getting something good. If you're, if you're too tired to like charge in, you can try to post up. I mean, if he was too tired to do that, then damn. But it's because he was expending so much energy defensively, and you got to give the Nuggets some credit. Part of the strategy was to keep putting LeBron in the action. And he was guarding Jokic and Murray a lot. And that took a toll on his legs. Absolutely took a toll on him. That's why he was shooting so many threes. And he couldn't make any of them. But if you're, if you're missing so many threes, man, you got to pass the fucking ball. Like LeBron, even when he was in his like young days and he wasn't as good of a three-point shooter as he is now, he's always thought he's been, he thinks he's fucking Tracy McGrady or something or Kobe. And don't pull up the percentages because the, the way teams guard McGrady and Kobe versus LeBron on threes, LeBron's a much greater downhill threat. So they let him shoot. So it's totally different. He's not a better three-point shooter, jump shooter than those two. Don't even try that. So point is, he's always thought he was a better three-point shooter than he is. He, at, if he's too tired to post up or go to the hole, throw the ball to Anthony Davis. But one thing I'll say this with LeBron, I thought he was still grading, getting great looks even in the fourth, putting Murray in the action. I really think one thing for the Lakers going to L.A., coming back home here, you need to keep putting Murray in the action, I'd say even more than Jokic. I really think so. Because... Yeah, Jokic may run out of gas in the fourth, but honestly, I would force Jokic to be the closer, not Murray. Murray seems to get so hot late in games. Like, I've seen it so many times against the Clippers. Like, and obviously, bubble PTSD. Like, this dude's the real deal. That bubble Murray shit is disrespectful. This is who he is. This is who Jamal Murray is. And honestly, he's like Jimmy... He's in the Jimmy Butler category now. In the regular season, he's like solid. For his compared to what he is in the playoffs, he goes to another level. Jimmy Butler becomes like a top five player in the playoffs. Jamal Murray becomes a, a, a not a superstar, but an all star. Like every game, he's like an all star caliber player. And by the way, some really nice bounce passes by Murray to uh, Nikola Jokic at times in this game. But man, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, it just felt like they could not come up with the big offensive plays. 
I liked the action they were getting, putting Jamal Murray in the pick and roll. They started switching and then doubling, and Austin Reeves was getting some good looks. Now, D'Lo was in it again in the fourth quarter, but then at one point, Darvin Ham was like, nah, put Dennis Schroeder back in because he likes Dennis Schroeder guarding Murray. And to be fair to Dennis Schroeder, he, I mean, he does do a tough job. He does do a good job of like just making him work. But here's the thing, Laker fans. When Jamal Murray is making shots like that, you can say whatever you want about Schroeder offensively, but when Jamal Murray's making shots like that, like he cannot be guarded. Like he really can't. I get it if you want to put Vando in, but your problem is you can't score. He's not helping that. He's not helping that. And you're not a transition team compared to them. I get it. You selectively run like every team does when they create turnovers. And by the way, the Lakers did create turnovers. The Nuggets turned the ball over a good amount in this game. That came from a lot of the good defense of the Lakers. But I, I said that, you know, they cut it down 99-94. Jamal Murray made a huge contested pull-up to put the Nuggets up 7-101 to 94. And and by the way, all for all this shit, I'm giving Aaron Gordon, who finally ended up shooting two threes. I think Mike Malone probably said in one of the timeouts. By the way, he's been losing his voice every game. It's hilarious. But I think he told him to keep the defense honest and shoot threes. And he he missed them both. One of them was such a bad miss from the right corner. But the other things that AG does are so valuable. His defense, his secondary rim protection, his rotations, his defense at the point of attack, his cutting, his, you know, his, the, the lob threat that he is, um, the screens that he sets, and what he does in transition. But the Lakers even got it down after LeBron stripped Nikola Jokic. It went down as a block instead of a steal. And Anthony Davis had a tip. Austin Reeves made a three off the glass when LeBron seemed to hurt his left ankle. Let me know. Was it the left ankle that he had injured or the right ankle? I think it was the right, but I'm not sure. Let me know. But yeah, see, so Eric Macisso, or Macisso, thank you for giving me the stats. He said, Jamal Murray averaged 20 points a game. 20 points in today's NBA is nothing. Like, it's nothing. Norman Powell averaged 17. Like, Jamal Murray should be averaging 24 points a night. Straight up. But it's so funny. Anyway, Austin Reeves made a three to cut it down to two. I was getting a little bit nervous, but I, I don't know what it was. I felt because of the home crowd. And shout out to the Nuggets crowd. Did a great job. I thought they had it. Jamal Murray got fouled, put the Nuggets up by four, and then AD shot a three when, in my opinion, a couple of possessions, by the way, when LeBron didn't touch the ball, I didn't like it. I didn't like running it through AD or pick and roll with LeBron not touching the ball. I think you keep putting Murray in that action because Reeves was being able to was able to get the ball more on those swings or on those pick-and-pop situations. So I don't like it. I don't like it. I thought they should have tried to get the ball to LeBron. That's on the Laker players. Maybe he was tired. I don't know, but they should have. And there was one possession late when they were down by four, 103-99, where Anthony Davis, he was open in the corner for three. And by the way, he took, after he made one, he took an ill-advised, too quick in the shot clock three um, at the top of the key. They just didn't need it. I, I still cons I still I'm very adamant with the whole AD shouldn't be shooting threes thing, but he was open in the corner, but he had a not wide open Austin Reeves on the extra swing and he was the hot hand and he didn't pass and he missed the three and that was all she wrote. Um, Bruce Brown, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, but no, it wasn't almost all. It was almost all she wrote. And then Jamal Murray, Lakers put on a full court press. It's so similar to what my team that I coach right now is doing, trying to beat press. And he threw a pass in the air that I'd, I always tell my players, try not to put as much air time as possible. You get, make sure you get it over the top. But if you can try to put as much, you know, it's all about the follow through on those kind of passes. If you're, if you're trying to get, that's the one thing I know I can speak on like really well. Because like 
if you could check out one of that, that I played. There was a while before I played five on five basketball. Longest in my life, I've ever since I started hooping since I was seven years old that I didn't play fives. And I posted the video of like some of these dimes I threw in the game. That shit does not leave. So that's one thing I know I can speak on. But it's all in the follow through on those kind of passes, man. On on many passes, but when you're passing it over the top. The, if your palm is pointed towards the ceiling like that, the higher it's going to go. You got to make sure it kind of comes down. It's like a forward motion, but you're coming down on the release just a little bit. So Jamal Murray, he threw it with way too much airtime. And LeBron, he took that away, but he smoked the layup. A couple of times LeBron went to the rim and got no foul. I don't know if there was there, but he didn't complain. And by the way, there was a flop fest for a little bit in that fourth between Jokic and Braun. It was ridiculous. But big smoked layup by LeBron. And then two free throws made by Murray. But LeBron's three-point shooting at the end, just throwing him up there, like, really stupid, man. For the guy that some people think has the highest IQ in NBA history, like, he sure makes some questionable decisions sometimes. But anyway, that was that. 103-108, the Nuggets won it by five. Jamal Murray was hitting all the big free throws when he needed them. Let's talk about the team stats for tonight's game before we get into the big takeaways. Um, the Nuggets led by as many as 12, Lakers as many as 11. Fouls, only one more for the Lakers. Um, as I said, I feel like the game was called a little bit in the Nuggets' favor, but that's home-centric officiating. They, I guarantee you there'll be a big change in at least one of these next games. Turnovers, Lakers with 12, 17 for Denver. 17. That's a lot, and 21 points off of those. Uh, offensive rebounds, though, for the second straight game, Denver. 11 to 4. A lot of those are Nikola Jokic. Um, nine wins, nine more rebounds. So a win in the rebounding battle again for Denver. As far as field goal percentage, again, one point per, one percentage point difference. 44 for the Lakers, 44 for the Nuggets, 43.9 for LA, 43.8 for Denver. So it's amazing how closely these two teams have shot percentage wise in these first two. Lakers, 27% from three, eight for 30. So a lot more like what we expect from them. Nuggets, 37% from three, much more like we expect from them, 14 for 38. Free throws, Nuggets, 89%, 16 for 18. Lakers shooting really well again. Two of the three misses from Anthony Davis, 23 for 26, 88.5%. You'll take that all day long. But the Lakers losing it by five. Seven blocks to two, by the way, in favor of the Lakers. But 108-103 is the final score. Let's read the lines first for the winners. Christian Brown only played five minutes. He's got to find a way to put the ball in the hole more when he's in. But it's tough because he's only getting a couple minutes. He had a donut and he was 0 for 2. Jeff Green, I actually thought he made some big plays. When you have him in with no Murray or Jokic, though, he's bound to look like trash. But he had a nice dunk and a big charge he took um, against Rui Hachimura. Two points for Jeff one for four from the field in 15 minutes. He was only a minus one. So again, he wasn't like he didn't totally kill the Nuggets. How about KCP, who only got 26 minutes in this game because of how well Bruce Brown was playing? He had eight points on three of eight shooting, but he was two for five from three, and it felt like his threes were really timely. I remember the one that Jokic kicked out to him when he was doubled, and Jokic he does such a good job of throwing the pass exactly when it needs to be thrown right when the defender commits like the teams will be loading up but again i always say this about loading up for all the people that say like oh illegal defense these guys wouldn't be able to handle it all this bullshit all you got to do is just act like they're not there they have to commit eventually you know what i'm saying just just keep going you know get still work on you know still back keep backing them down still try to turn once they commit boom 
And Jokic does a great job of waiting, 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 looking like, you know, having intent to score. That's the, you have to have the intent to score. And he does. Gets the double, kicks it out beautifully, and KCP made the Lakers pay at one point. Eight points for him, so he's had a good start to the series. Today was a little bit quieter. He was awesome in game one. He's going to be returning to LA where he won a championship in game three. Let's see how he does there. How about Michael Porter Jr.? 31 minutes, very efficient, but fairly quiet, it feels like. His defense has been pretty good in this series, but he had a bad stretch in that second quarter, getting put in pick and roll. 16 points and 7 boards, 3 assists for MPJ, 5 for 10 from the field, 4 for 7 from deep. 3 turnovers, though, so he's definitely got to clean that up. That's efficient, though, again, for MPJ. How about Bruce Brown? 37 minutes played, he was just spectacular. Great point of attack defense, able to switch on to many guys. Finishes in transition, and two for four from three in the game. 12 points, five boards, three assists, a steal and a block, five for 11 from the field in 37 minutes. I mean, the guy has just been amazing in these playoffs. But he's the only guy off the bench that really gives them anything scoring-wise. That's the tough part. How about Aaron Gordon? Really solid overall game, even though at times offensively can really hurt. 10 points, four rebounds, two assists. I think the Nuggets still got to keep giving him the ball and encouraging him to shoot to get that confidence back because there have been games where Aaron Gordon makes threes. He shot the ball better this year. Give it to him. Five for nine from the field, 0 for two from three. He was awesome defensively as usual. And then how about Jamal Murray? Actually, let's go with Jokic first. Another triple-double, and it felt like he didn't even play that well. That's the craziest part. Um, He actually, let's see how many offensive rebounds. Four offensive rebounds for the Joker, two for Murray. One for KCP, 23, 17, and 12 for the Joker. And I feel like he didn't even play that well. That's how good the Joker is. Best player in the world to me. Nine for 21 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep. A couple times I have to say, though, about the Joker, when he's coming off screens or catching the ball at the perimeter on pick and pops, a couple times he was hesitating to shoot, and then he would shoot. The great Brian Seaman, LA Clippers play-by-play man, always says hesitation is the best defender around. And Jokic, let that shit fly, bro. How about uh, Murray? Player of the game for me. 37 points and 10 rebounds. 23 of those in the fourth. Five assists. Is it unfair to call Murray the player of the game even though Jokic was better for three quarters? Uh, I'm big on closing. You need a Murray. 11 for 24 from the field. Six for 14 from deep. Just And nine for 10 from the line. Jokic five for six from the line. So overall, big time performances by those two. They're so close. The Denver Nuggets have never been... Up to nothing in the first, in the conference finals. This is the closest they've been ever to a championship. They're, this is the best Nuggets team ever. Straight up. How about the Lakers? By the way, Tristan Thompson getting a little burn uh, at the end of the second quarter when Darvin Ham in the last possession didn't want Rui or AD to pick up a third foul. But Lonnie Walker, 13 minutes played, pretty quiet, had a bucket in the fourth. Um, 13 minutes, two points, one for three from the field, and 0 for two from deep. 17 minutes for Vando. Some people are arguing in my comments that he should have played more. Um, Maybe we'll see that in in game three. Four points, two rebounds, one for two from the field. No three-point attempts in 17 minutes of play. Obviously, Vando, he's going to occupy that dunker spot. Thought he wasn't bad, though, in the Murray, uh, guarding Murray. But he was minus 10 when he was on the court, so take that for what it's worth. Only 17 minutes. Again, single game plus minus. Not not a great statistic. But how about Dennis Schroeder? 30 minutes played. Not great. Not great because Murray still didn't get locked down and he was 2 for 9 and 0 for 3 from deep. You're going to need a better game from Dennis. He was plus 5 in his minutes though, 4.6 boards and a steal. But again, single game plus minus. I don't think he was good enough personally. Let me know if you disagree with that. Rui Hachimura. 
He played 30 minutes. I think it's time to, I think you should just start him at this point. I get your bench is getting weaker, but fuck it. Fuck it, man. Because the Nuggets are going deep with their starters. Play your best players. Rui Hachimura so far has been a top three player in this series for the Lakers. So 21 points for Rui. 8 for 10 from the field and 1 for 2 from 3. And he was doing a great job guarding Joker in 30 minutes of play. Uh, he was awesome. Again, obviously, though, he missed his last two shots. So it just felt like, fuck. Like, he's making shots all night but not making them when it counts. Still played amazing. D'Angelo Russell, not good enough. I expect one one or one of these two games is going to be a huge D'Lo game. At least, like, a 30-point game, I think. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. Thought he played pretty good defense. Had 2 steals and a block. So there you go. Three for eight from the field, but he was one for five from three. And I do think at times D'Lo needs to be, be a little bit more selective with his threes. Try to get into the mid-range a little bit more because, hey, he was two for three from two. Austin Reeves starting this series really well. I don't give him any fault in the loss, to be honest. 22 points, three rebounds, five assists on eight for 16 shooting and five for nine from three. Austin's been amazing. And then the big boys, LeBron, 22 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. He was a lot more on ball in this game. His defense was really good in this game. He guarded Joker in this game. He guarded Murray in this game. But ultimately, he shot too many threes. And he smoked layups. And that that fumble in the first half was massive. You can't give him a pass. And the look on LeBron's face after the game was that of which... He was disappointed in himself, it looked like. Smoking layups. And the three, I mean, stop shooting threes, dude. Like, stop. Keep attacking Murray in the pick and roll. But he may have been gassed, man. He's old. LeBron James, 22, 9, and 10. Three turnovers. He had four steals and two blocks. Talk about activity defensively. 9 for 19 from the field. 0 for 6 from deep. And remember, he's playing 40 minutes. And the altitude, his age, getting put in the pick and roll so much defensively, it's hard. Then AD, who in my opinion deserves the most blame. 18 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. He's still incredible defensively. 4 blocks, 1 steal, but 4 turnovers for Anthony Davis. And he was 4 for 15 from the field, 1 for 3 from deep, made some bad decisions, and just he couldn't even take advantage of Joker one-on-one, missing so many easy shots in the pick and roll. He needs to be much better than that. And now, you got to win both games with the Lakers. Adjustments, start Rui Hachimura. Fuck it. Start Rui Hachimura. Maybe give Vando more minutes so you can have Vando guarding Jamal Murray. If Shooter's not playing well offensively, but I expect better. And keep going at Murray in the pick and roll, I'd say a little bit more than Jokic. If you can get Murray too tired to close well, you might be able to get it done. And AD just got to make shots. And LeBron's got to relax on the threes. I looked at his shot chart tonight. No mid-range. Only in the paint where he made a lot of shots and outside of the three-point, behind the three-point line where he missed everything. Where's your mid-range game, bro? He's actually been making shots in the mid-range in these playoffs. Embrace it. And I think knowing LeBron, he will. Laker fans, is it time to panic? I wouldn't say so, but it's definitely time to get a little nervous. This is the first time the Lakers have been in a situation where they have to win. They have to win. Game three. It's going to be interesting. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I am going to be going live, of course, tomorrow. It's Friday night, but I think I will because the games aren't too late. So Miami and Boston game two, must-win game for the Celtics. Going to be going live. Thank you so much for joining me. Let me know what you thought of the episode. 51 minutes, as in-depth as I can get. Peace.